Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, and today I have the honor of speaking with Slim and Rich Gwynn from Tokamax. How are you guys doing today? Good, brother. How are you? Doing great. Excellent. It's an honor to have you both. Thank you. So I know that, you know, Tokamax is tokenizing Mexico asset by asset. You guys have some Web3 development. You know, there's the Tokamax 3D Labs. Tokamex IRL NFT clubs, and also your NFT project called Hashlegs. Before we dive into some of those things, let me ask you both, who's behind Tokamex? Uh, there's a group Slim of on us that. now. That's his brain. It's, here's the group, but he's he's the uh, big brains behind it all. Amazing. Yeah, it started off so with Slim, just myself. I don't want to ask you, who's behind Tokamex? <laughs> sure. I mean, it did start off as as just myself. I was by myself in the beginning back, uh, it's been two and a half years now, uh, March of 2021, um, right at the beginning of the Hedera NFT wave. Um, but I had a vision, you know, to create a firm and a company here in Mexico and to tokenize Mexico asset by asset. And I knew I couldn't do it by myself. You know, the vision is big and it would definitely require the right people to join me in that. And so, uh, the, that slogan there was like a vision as a calling. It was a, a beacon, you know, to send out to, to find my future partners. And now you see, see one of the main ones right next to us right here. Uh, Johnny from Richwin NFT. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at now. And there's a, there's a handful of others, but that's the gist of it right there. Yeah. Amazing. So when you say, you know, tokenizing Mexico asset by asset, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, um, <laughs> a lot actually, uh, well assets, you know, uh, <laughs> all forms of value, you know, um, you know, like art is an asset for people, uh, things that collect that they can collect, whether it's just a collectible or whether it's maybe something like property and everything in between really that gains value over time and many forms of value too. Maybe it's not just uh, monetary value. It could be um, like how art gains value to the eye of the beholder. They could really appreciate that art and want to be able to send it around the world or trade it or do it digitally or, or fractionalize the ownership. So uh, with this type of technology, hence tokenizing, that's what we can do. We can tokenize it and transfer many forms of value in different ways using these networks, you know, the, the distributed ledger network on the hash graph. Yeah, it's so, incredible. Yeah, I, I really think that's going to be vital to a lot of, you know, <laughs> it just assets as a whole, you know, physical turn to digital to, you know, be able to see more of more value behind these assets in the well, future, of course. And what really blows my mind about that, say, you know, tokenizing the Mona Lisa, for example, you know, there could be thousands of people who hold a piece of that Mona Lisa rather than, you know, just one country owning it all or one entity owning it all. And it goes even deeper than that. I remember, you know, listening to Slim in a space a couple months back, just talking about different, you know, artifacts that are in Mexico that you can tokenize. And it's going to be more secure for, you know, the families holding these artifacts to be able to, you know, it's going to be on chain one. So that's going to be making it a lot more secure. And two, they're not going to have to worry about what happens to it in the long term because they'll have, you know, the digital asset that holds the same exact value. And so I think okay. that was a really 
smart approach from what you explained in one of those Twitter spaces. And, you know, the possibility with this are truly endless. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. No, there's, there's no, we've, we've even got to a point now, uh, and we had to focus on Mexico because, you know, myself and Slam, uh, quite a few of the people that are working hands-on with this are live here full-time, you know, permanent resident. Right. Yeah. And, and so one of the, one of the, the the main way that you can record ownership of an asset, whether that be um, you know, a painting, a house, a property, cars, whatever, is is usually a a, a contract, a, you know, a physical paper contract. But you know, uh, you can lose those items, and oftentimes, yeah. you know, what everybody here in Mexico really relies heavily on is the notary. You know, um, notaries mm-hmm. are, are a dime a dozen in the United States, but the the notaries are actually a federally recognized, almost kind of like judge jury when it comes to ownership of property. Because when I bought my land here, um, I had to go and register it with the notary, and when they mm-hmm. pulled the 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 all the background. I was seeing signatures from the 1940s, the 1930s. So what we're trying to do, what we're aiming to do is to create another level of security for tokenizing those assets. And, and it's catching fire. I mean, people are looking for ways, kind of trustless ways to be able to transfer ownership of different assets. Um, So that's, that's, what we're trying to take on and, and it's too big to take on the worldwide. So we had to start with, we started mm-hmm. start with Mexico. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this now. Have you, have you tokenized any assets yet that are based out of Mexico? And if so, which ones? Uh, well, we have well, started without with... giving too much, <laughs> but we don't want to give too much information on that. Yeah. I guess, I guess we can. I mean, know of anybody else that's really working in Mexico as far as that. Well, I can't, okay, we're doing Toco Music. So Toco Music is going to be basically a, a branch of Toco Mex. Toco Mex is in process of being incorporated currently. Uh, there'll be three, well, three original founders for the actual incorporated entity that'll be based in Mexico. Myself, sure. Slim, and uh, another one of our founders for the Toco Music co- um, group. So what has been tokenized? Music so far. We have our very first artist, uh, Hela San, out of Guadalajara. And she's a composer. She writes her own music. She comes from Latin Grammy lineage. So we aren't looking at it just as physical things. We're also looking at uh, I don't know if you've seen any Slim's work with Tokomix, but he creates um, cultural iconic type images. So, for instance, San Miguel's big claim to fame, and Slim can talk more to this, but is their lele. No, I mean, it's like a handmade thing that people um, sell, like usually like the laborers, people that work um, selling things on the street. Well, what he's done is he took it and did just an amazing 3D of it. 
And that's actually how uh, I caught wind of what Slim was doing was I was looking through like the marketplace and I was seeing things and it kept taking me back to Tokomex, Tokomex, Tokomex. And I sent him a message and I'm like, hey, you know, we, we need to talk because like, you know, me and you've got the exact same vision. And so when he was talking about putting forth that beacon, that's exactly what kind of attracted me into working with them because he shared what I was already working on myself it wasn't i wasn't obviously to the level i hadn't established myself in the hair group yet or anything like that but but uh everything that he said on a, on like a four what was that four or five hour long conversation and we were heading back from an event for my daughter and i think we were right. on the phone for close to four or five hours because like basically everything that he was saying to me and what i was saying to him was like Okay, this is a little. This is what we need to do. We need to move forward with this because this is exactly. Uh, and so I have happened to have some opportunities to have really good connections. He's wanting to tokenize those connections. You know, whether they be corporate, whether they be cultural, or they be you know music. At this point, he's also working with an artist. So when he was talking about when you were talking about Tate, when you were talking about fractionalized ownership of say I'm yeah. Lisa. We are making that a reality in Mexico. That's great mm -hmm. to hear. And that's yeah. really exciting because, I mean, you know, Mexico as a whole has, you know, so many valuable assets that are so, I mean, I'm not the one to really go dive deep into it because I'm not, you know, very well educated on that, of course. But I know, you know, there's great history behind, you know, the country of Mexico. And there's many great artifacts that lie within that history of itself. Therefore, yeah. you know, to sustain and keep these artifacts to, you know, their best presence and really to just hold the value that they deserve rightfully, there mm -hmm. needs to be a new way of being able to show who owns them as well as being able to transfer ownership as well as, you know, like you said, and like we both said, fractionalized ownership as a whole. And uh -huh. it's nice to see that you're taking that approach and bringing it from, you know, the physical realm to, you know, now the digital realm. And uh -huh. like I said, the possibilities are really endless with this. And it's, it's well, quite, think quite about how many, how many people actually get to see the Mona Lisa, you uh, know, I mean, yeah. if you can actually create a digital representation, photorealistic digital representation of these items that people could buy a copy of, or you start working, uh, which Slim is already starting to do with one of our artists, our Bea. Well, he, he's, that's been his, she's a local artist in um, uh, San Miguel. That's from France, right? She's French originally, but she um, has quite yeah, a, she is quite a history in the art scene. Yeah. So basically the, the idea guys, my is just send me a notice. No worries. no worries, brother. Yeah, so basically the idea is to, to create like fractionalized ownership of some of her in real life works, right? And so obviously it's worth something on this day, but as this becomes more mainstream and you start having some of the real creators getting into the space, do we need to stop or no we can wanna... we can continue forward, yeah. Okay. So so basically if you if you think about the fact that art a bay is not gonna live forever, you know, obviously so 
just like most artists, when they create their work and they live their entire life creating work, she needed to find somebody like Slim to basically show her how to, okay, how do I make this a legacy item? How do I, yeah. how do I change this from stuff hanging in my studio and in different homes throughout Europe and, and Mexico to something that is my legacy that I'm, that I'm leaving the mark on, on this. So when she heard about the hash graph and how we can kind of like timestamp history with her name and her creations so that however long this system is used, this decentralized system is used to manage information, assets and different things, she'll always be connected with that. And that's a huge thing here. I mean, it's what's a that's a big thing anywhere. Every every artist that we've spoken to that's been a very, very important thing is, okay, I'm unknown. Like I'm Mexican and like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not in LA, you know, yeah. selling out studio shows and I'm not in New York city in the, in the art district selling out shows, but I have this, I have this passion and I've been making these for 40 years, 50 years. I'm known, you know, but I'm not known everywhere. So that's what we're trying to do is basically give people an opportunity to take their art and to share it with the world in a different medium. Because up to this point, their only options really been creating web page and hoping enough people find it. You know? Yeah. And creating web pages nowadays is very, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. And yes. it's, it's it's attention grabbing kind of competition. You know, people have so much to look at, but not enough time in the day to look at it at all. And so yeah, exactly. you really it's it's hard to really pinpoint your focus and i i mean personally with myself just with this podcast it's really hard to really grab people's attention to want to you know simply watch the podcast at, at the end of the day because there's so many other people out there who talk about crypto and yep. besides that you know it's it's nice to see what you're doing with these unique artists that deserve the light shine on them and i'll have to say you know i've seen some of the work that some of these artists have provided and we've also already worked with one of your artists at uh, Tokamex, Matija. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's done great work for us. And it's Bro. just astonishing to see the possibilities and, you know, kind of, you know, I guess you would say the artillery that you have behind yourself within, okay. you know, of skill back yeah. in Tokamex itself. And, and I'm curious to know. Yeah, exactly. Experience. I'm curious to know what are some of the past and future partnerships that Tokamex is currently building and has built on in the past. Because I know you've built out, you know, collections and pieces a for lot, other bro. NFT collections. Yeah, you know, this is interesting that you bring this up because I was actually just talking with Mattia about this um, yesterday, you know, and one of the words, and, you know, forgive me if I, you know, seem a little bit opinionated about this particular thing, but a lot of people throw around this word collaborate. But most of the time, and this isn't just, you know, with the Web3 community, it's, I think it's in general, right? I mean, look at Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs didn't create the freaking iPhone. I mean, yeah. he was the voice. He was the face. He's what everybody that was buying an iPhone basically connected with the brand. Right. Yep. But he had a lot of people behind the scenes working it. And Matias, that guy, man, 
man. I mean, like literally, if you look at, and I'm not going to name the collections because that's not my spot. That's that's a Mattia thing. But if you think about the collections that Slim and Mattia have been behind from the very beginning and their success, you know, I look at it and I keep telling everybody, these guys are going to be the people that others look back on the early days of this kind of this whole H bar NFT space. And they're going to see Matias name. They're going to see slim and Tokomex or they should. I mean, these collections should be putting some citing, you know, in some way their connection with these guys. And, and so like, uh, for instance, with my rich Gwen stuff, no, I told Matia, make sure you put on there somehow because you're going to be cited in the, in the, in the credits and another person as well. So like, that's the way this needs to go. And one of the things that Tokomex is, is working on it with Toko music is more of like almost creating like a, um, what do we call it? Like it's a certificate of authenticity, right? Slim. I think right, we were right. working on trying to, so, so basically with any type of artwork that you take to a, let's say you take it to an art gallery, they're going to want stuff that's called provenance, right? So it basically gives verification of the fact that, yes, it was indeed done by this person. And we're kind of toying around with some ideas. We're trying to develop some new things, not anything really we want to get into detail on here. But but Slim and, and uh, Mattia and I and the rest of the team are basically working on some sort of a process that it's yes it's immutable yes it's on the chain and things like that but how many times have you seen other people maybe take a scan or something like that of of a nft that they bought and then re-release it on another blockchain or something like that i mean we so saw that with the punks, to... you know they're everywhere exactly and so so instead of our stuff becoming plagiarized one of our one of the main reasons before tokomix becoming incorporated was to copyright our images and Mexico, believe it or not, has one of the, well, I mean, it's a 600 year old country. So, I mean, you're talking about, they've had a head start on the copyright game, you know? So like their courts and the system that they've put in place for intellectual property, in my opinion, actually rivals a lot of the European countries that have been around for, you know, 1,000, 1,800 years. So. We're, that's one of the reasons that we're incorporating in Mexico is they have a worldwide um, class. What is it when they, a worldwide regarded copyright process. And so um, it'll incorporate for the time being the web two, I guess, or the, the in real life, which is the notaries. But we're moving towards a, a, a place where our NFTs actually are the, you know, it's list the hash is listed you know as, as provenance of of who created it and then of course in the nft will be the signatures not necessarily like slim yeah. not matia not john but it's going to be in there it'll be in it and it's super cool to work with guys that aren't just got the idea but actually know how to implement it and that's that's i mean it's a powerhouse team it really is amazing Definitely people to work with. I've got a question kind of bouncing off of what we've already been kind of talking about. Um, 
Have you guys spoke to a fidgetal at all by chance? So I haven't. You have not. No, uh, you said fidgetal. Yeah, said, fidgetal. Um, have you guys heard of them? I think I heard um, about them on a space one time, but I yeah. I so know basically, who they are. they're kind of going for the same approach you guys are going, but not to you know the extent of where you guys are approaching with Mexico and you know assets as a whole. Um, but they're basically able to turn, you know, physical items, say like this glass jar into a digital product that you can yeah, sell as fair. a digital asset. And it's all just simply through your phone camera. You take, I guess, 360 degrees of that, uh, that piece and then it prints out some sort of digital product for you. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys didn't necessarily already create a connection, it might be a, something to potentially network and build off of since you're kind of going for... Relatively For the sure. same approach. We had we had actually I I tried to use not their system but like a sure. another app, and it didn't. We have a pretty high profile collection that we're working on. For the Zapata family, I can announce it because we've already got the agreement and everything like that. But uh, Emiliano Zapata is. An iconic individual for Mexico. I mean, the you know the yeah, entire yeah. country knows yeah. who he is. So, so basically, I tried to use that sort of tech to to kind of create some three Ds, just just to get an idea if I had enough content to give Matias so he could do his magic. And yeah, uh, it just didn't work out for us. Not for the level of what we're trying to do. In, in other words, for instance, we have his sword, his rifle his um saddle you know that he that he rode when he was uh fighting for mexico's independence so like these items didn't maybe they have a step up i don't know i haven't honestly i just literally tate i just heard about them i think i guess it was in a space last week i think it was really recent i saw if it's the same if it's the same group I think it is probably. I mean, they're relatively new. Uh, I know the H Bar Bull is a part of the team over there. Yeah, uh, so he was that's the one probably, he was talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh, I know it's kind of just a uh, work in progress for them. And it's kind of these products that you're mentioning, and I assume it's it's nowhere near close to the amount of detail that's required for not for our stuff. Yeah, yeah for, for our stuff, it has to like be yours. photorealistic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where you need, you know, an actual artist to step in and literally get all of that nitty gritty fine details to the pinpoint perfection that they deserve. And yep. so it's fortunately we have Mattia and Slim. Yeah. And I was about to ask, you know, based off of that, how do you go about finding these artists and how does your network, you know, like, how do you go about finding Mattia? Like, how did that, you know, that that was your slim, honestly, slim, um, they have to well they you know they have tokomix labs so basically you know a lot of the collections that are in the community right now um you had their work done by matia and slim and so i met him through through slim and slim I, i'm not sure how you met him because i think he was early in the space right with you he's one of the early guys right yeah uh he was pretty early I saw I some of his, I actually I followed him for a while, uh, some of his first works. Uh, he had one yeah. called um, Hash Cash. Uh, a lot of people probably never seen it. Um, he had another one where he made a, um, like the the candles of H-Bar. 
like the yep. red and uh, green candles on like a little pedestal. And so that caught my attention and I just followed him for some time. And in general, you know, like one of my, you know, being Tokomex is uh, obviously we want to be a firm and be a company and build business and reach customers. So a big part of that is just being a networker, you know, and going hard at it, going yeah, right and really hard. So, and, uh, you know, if you want to be successful at it, especially in today's time, you got to be real serious and you got to, what I, what I call, it's actually Grant from Grant Cardone because I went to his alum or <laughs> into his uh, university <laughs> online and uh, they call it 10Xing, you know, so we 10X everything. We do everything 10 times more than the average person because if you really want to get somewhere in today's time, like you're going to have to put more than the average. You're going to have to go really hard at it. And so yep. I knew to accomplish this vision to reach someone like Johnny, uh, it took time, you know, and mm -hmm. had I given up, had I not keep networking over those years, I would have never got to the point to where I could find him. And so, uh, yeah, along the way is how I built, built up, uh, the network, the, and found Mattia. And he was a very, very important piece because I needed the visuals, you know, I needed a 3d and, uh, I knew that was from my research before I be started Tokomex. I knew 3D was a big aspect. I knew that it was also a service we would need to provide for our customers uh, because I see that the metaverse is the future, even if it's still a little further off. Like during that time, it was, we were coming out of COVID. It was during the time of COVID. And so we saw <clears> that <throat> how everything was being shifted to online, like, like, like very, very fast. Very yeah, here in Mexico, the system changed over to where everything <laughs> you had to register, you had to set appointments. Everything was done online. And so I really believed that that was going to be the future more and more. And I just really believe that uh, the inter the internet is still, uh, I won't say in its infancy, but it's definitely like not full growing yet. It's more like a teenager still. So definitely. there's further, much further to go. And I think towards the uh, maturity of the internet, we will be meeting virtually, uh, kind of like we're doing now, but more uh, immersed in it, slightly immersed more immersed. In like a... a a virtual reality exactly workspace and so uh the 3d labs took the tokomex 3d labs it does several things uh it obviously helps us build things and ha and build our own nfts and uh to kind of it, it's a way for us to capture attention it gives something like a centerpiece to talk about and it's done real well at that it's helped us build out some of these cultural uh, assets like what we we're talking about here in mexico um but then, um, the, it, yes, it's, it just helped us network. It gave us some substance, you know, and it also helped us develop some expertise, you know, uh, in the space. And so in general, you know, that's what we're doing. We're just developing this expertise by just putting both feet on the ground, moving forward and not worrying about making mistakes, nothing like that. It's actually better to make mistakes because the fact that you can say you made those mistakes se separates you, you know, yeah, from everyone else that hasn't done anything. And so that's how you develop expertise, trial and error. AI. Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, most of the 3Ds that you see today are AI generated. Yep. I mean, like not, well, I can't say most. I, I say a lot, a lot more and more because it's a lot easier for, say, somebody that's got an idea to jump onto your, you know, Dolly and say, hey, you know, I want it to look like this, this, and this. And then it can tweak it a little bit and you can get variations and different things like that. That's why I keep telling 
everybody that we're working with in our in our group is that we need to do the work now right we need to do the the hard work now we need to learn the process and it can't just be one person knowing the process it needs to be all of us knowing the process so that there's no like single point of failure when it comes to mm-hmm. uh you know if it, let's say i set up a contract with you know a large company and slim's not available and matia's not available what then you know i mean i need to figure out okay how do i keep these things moving forward and not have to wait you know if we're not all in the same spot at the same time so we are you know one of the 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 most important things is having a product and second most important thing is is having a person to talk to you about that product yeah and and so you know slim and Matia handle the product and i handle the connections with the people that are looking for those products and we're having huge success i mean like mm-hmm. just just the connections being made that normally would not just would not be made unless you're working through a broker you know what i mean like right but they can actually work directly with the project if they work with tokomex and toko music so like this is kind of the the when i show my website to somebody that runs a coffee company for instance i say hey how and their question is what is nfts what are you know how do i utilize this tech to you know make more money and i say well i can help you do that i can help you create a wallet i can help you even track the analytics so that you can have real-time numbers of how effective your marketing strategy using these are our tools it is in real time like that's the big difference now i believe that web3 is bringing to the space especially the marketing space so like our so we kind of do you know we have three different problems we have the music we have the cultural and then we have corporate obviously corporate is begging for this i mean i don't know if you've been reading that the 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 news lately but ralph lauren even just did for his summer collection he sent out invites as nfts so believing that these corporate companies have no idea what nfts are and that this is just something that we create pfps and we're we're creating things that are just fun and we you know nah their corporate companies are already looking at this so having an, a mexican company you know that can work directly with mexican companies in mexico is a huge thing and so mm-hmm. it's it's being very it's very so far we've had nothing but but fort, uh, fortunate opportunities coming coming down the way. Mm-hmm. Got me with so much that I want to speak about after this. <laughs> just what you guys have both just said right there, and mm-hmm. I just want to say you know I love the ten x point. I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone. I truly believe you know you have to work ten times harder than any mm-hmm. other competitors out there in this day and age, just because you know. The internet has really scaled and leveraged a lot of people's possibilities. And now that we have AI, it makes it, you know, so much harder to scale and leverage based upon all the competition that is out there. So, yeah, putting in that work really changes the game for anybody. And if you do decide to put in the work, whoever you are, you will win at the end of the day. As long as you stay consistent and work on your dreams and goals on a daily basis. But besides that point, you know, Networking in this day and age is so vital to anybody's success. The more people you know 
and the more quality of relationships that you build will truly set you up on the right path towards, you know, whatever direction in life you want to head down. And so I truly believe, you know, at the end of the day, networking is a vital, you know, a vital role in anybody's success, especially in 100%. this age. And then yeah, there, you know, there's nobody's built by themselves, you know, basically. Yeah, of course. Yep. And like we were saying, Slim, about, you know, how the Internet's still young in your eyes. I truly believe that also. And it's, you know, it's been around for, say, a little over two decades now. But even at that point, some of these corporations within the United States and even outside of the United States have been around much longer than the Internet and had had to adapt to what the internet has became mm -hmm. and it's not like they just pushed it under the rug and left it for what it was no they adapted and they changed right. their, their formulas and the way that they structured their business and everything that went into their business so they could scale with it and what's next mm -hmm. you know what's next is the blockchain blockchain mm -hmm. is going to make mm -hmm. these companies you know adapt and scale to a whole new paradox mm -hmm. that they've never imagined before and mm. especially, you know, in a country like Mexico, where, you know, these, I, I, I can't really speak much about it, but I'm, a, uh, I'm just kind of making this assumption where, you know, these companies, you know, they have their understanding of the internet and they're able to use it to their best capabilities, but using blockchain to their advantage is only going to scale them to a level that they never even expected nor could imagine. And that goes with any other, uh, you know, any other company in the rest of the world as well. But mm -hmm. I really see, you know, blockchain as well as hashgraph technology being a vital role within these next mm -hmm. 10, 20, 30, 50, even 100 years down the road. Mm -hmm. While we have the Internet scaling to what it will eventually be, AI following with the Internet. But we need something mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, store and secure all information at a secure, scalable level, and the internet just won't be able to do that because of how many, you know, there's so much that can be Soft breached. servers and yeah, centralized. There's so much that can be breached at the end of the day yep. if it stays on the internet. But if we in yep. introduce some sort of blockchain technology, you know, Hedera Hashgraph's technology, right. it's only going to help everything grow as well, well as companies. Exactly. It's NFTs just, are a use case. Yeah, That's, I mean, it's basically is a is a use case is a test net. It's an it's showing people what this distributed ledger technology is actually capable of, right? Yep. So, like the idea that you can literally send, well, within Hedera, multi-file NFT, you know. So, I mean, it can include video files, like it could include PDFs, it can include J. I mean, you, we all know this. I mean, up. I think even some of the more recent stuff, I've, I've most people are saying, yeah, 30 files, no big deal. I mean, uh -huh. and then nobody can touch it. Nobody can change it, you know, unless you have some sort of administrative key. Maybe, I mean, maybe you could change it, but the immutable portion of it, just for the payments, just for payments. I mean, when we talked, uh, I had the opportunity to present to, well, in, in Mexico, they have syndicates. Instead of uh, the unions representing like the newspaper boys or whatever the case, I mean, you you know, they have syndicates for that. And I had an opportunity with uh, one of our other founders to present how we could use this technology to kind of streamline the way that they, you know, secure paperwork, administrative paperwork, 
Correct. Um, how they can, you know, streamline the payments to the people that are represented by these syndicates. And so I was I was presenting directly to the the chairman, but he he's in charge of the what's called the ISTE, which is basically the healthcare workers for the the public medical. Sure. And so we were talking about, you know, what so what do you guys do? Well, you know, if somebody becomes injured, then we would be the people that you know would uh, try to set up some sort of care for them or whatever. And then we also represent them in the in the federal government for changes that that benefit them. And I said, so, so let me let me say this. So if you have a hundred thousand members and you've got a hundred of them that get hurt in the month of June, right? It takes a lot less time for you to send all their medical information to you know. Obviously, there needs to be more development in that area. But I'm saying, like, if you can send medical records in a fraction of a second or a fraction of, of, of a minute and then you can actually turn around process it and send that payment directly to the benefit the beneficiary in three to five seconds i mean it totally changes the entire game because there's no yeah. check writing service there's no you know transportation of that check because you can't just mail things in mexico because the mail system here does it work like it does in the U.S. or in in Europe? So, so you have to send it like DHL or or one of the bonded carriers. So you save that cost. You save the cost of having a check writing service, and then that person mm-hmm. doesn't have to pay fees to put that check into their bank account or to just cash the check because most what was it? I think Slim. I think it's close to forty percent of the population of Mexico is in the. Um, is in the cash they don't mm-hmm. they, they aren't banked they're unbanked that's 40 right. percent now they're the last number that i saw was 123 million people living in mexico 40 percent that's nearly 60 million individuals yeah mm-hmm. it, it pretty much, unbanked it, it proves my point and i didn't want to necessarily say this but you're you're pretty much getting to the point where i wanted to go uh, but it feels as if, you know, Mexico is kind of outdated to an extent. They're not keeping up with, you know, current scalable technology, I guess one would put, you know, I it think, doesn't, I think you... that's, I think that's fair to a certain degree. I think that, um, I think though that people are, you know, when I'm walking around Mexico city, it is weird. Now I'm hearing people talking crypto. They're talking Bitcoin. Good. That's good. They're talking mm-hmm. different types of, of uh, you know, crypto, yep. crypto digital currencies. Yeah. You know, so what that means is it's not some, you got to think there's a 600 year old country and the U.S. who's almost, what is it, 225? I don't remember what the, 1880, yeah. So like 225. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a country that's already done the banks, done the whole thing lost trust in the banks and now 40 percent of that population has moved back to cash society yeah you're, you're talking about it it's like comparing a lizard with an iguana you know i mean there's two t- different levels of of how things have progressed and in the u.s they still trust the banks for some ungodly reason it makes no sense to me it does how they can sit there and charge them fees upon yeah. fees upon fees 
money that you earn is taxed in Missouri, where you're, I mean, yeah. where, where I grew up, you pay state tax, state income tax, you pay sales tax. You pay a tax on, on, um, so when you use the road, you're paying a tax to county, mm -hmm. to city, to all these different, th there's no way for people to get out from under that thumb unless they just walk away. And I believe that Mexicans have already done that because they no longer want to rely on a government and the government owned banks. And so they've kind of just evolved in the 600 years that they've been a, a, a society. And, and so like. I don't think that it's necessarily that they're behind. I think it's probably that they've just moved forward past what we've experienced in the United States. That makes sense. And so yeah, that makes it's a different way of looking at it. Yeah, I think. definitely. Might you put it out. into a much different perspective for me now that you say that. And because I was just, you know, I'm just looking at it from kind of just where the United States is currently with how everything's kind of being ran and how it's been mm -hmm. ran for many, many years. Uh, and just trying to compare it to what you guys are saying, you know, just kind of off of the mailing system within Mexico, it just doesn't seem as if it's as organized as, say, you know, the mailing system in the United States. But it's just yeah. done a completely different way than I might not Except be necessarily, you know, you yeah. know, informed of or mm -hmm. have much information to really base it off of. I guess one would put it as. Well, yeah, they're, they're going to skip. I think a lot. that's a lot of the problem. Nobody yeah. really understands. Like, especially you know, the biggest question is, how do I buy buy land in 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 Mexico if I'm if I'm not from? Is that possible? Well, yeah. If you become a, a permanent resident, you can buy land. You know, but the process here has been honed over six hundred years. Yeah. You know, and so like, there's been problems. There's been issues, and and laws have been made to protect home ownership and land ownership. So people that walk around and, and you think, well, you know, I mean, they, they're wearing old style clothes and stuff like that. Maybe the richest guy in the Pueblo. I mean, they just don't present the same way that the United, the people in the United yeah. States do. It's a whole different culture. It is a totally different culture. Yep. And, and it definitely applies to business too. It's, it's who you know. You, I mean, you may have the best product out there, but if you don't have the who, yeah. You know, you you can do it 10, 1,000 times and it and you will still hit a brick wall every time because the person that is that knows that person that said, hey, no, I've got the same product, but you know me. We've been working together for, yeah. you know, That's it huge makes a whole It is huge, huge, huge here. Uh, business mm -hmm. is done completely different in Mexico. Yeah, it seems as if it's based off of a yeah. trust factor, trust. And, you know, a relationship. And you got to build that relationship over time, of course. But, you know, outside of all of that, I really want to get back to Tokamex. And I want to get on, you know, what are some of the challenges that Tokamex has faced? And how are you addressing some of these challenges that you have kind of overcame? Challenges? Well, um, most challenges were more for me personal uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, like any entrepreneur. Uh, obviously this is a huge thing to, to, to do and to believe in, you know, and so I've had to overcome, uh, it's mostly psychological. Um, you know, it's like most people know what it's, you know, if other entrepreneurs watching this, they'll know that you have to block out, you know, what other yeah. people say you have, you can't look for validation. If you truly yeah. believe in what you're doing and, and let's just say, 
um, I don't want to say you had to be, you had to be live 40 years to get experience, not saying you can't be young and have a really bright mind. You can, yep. there's really young people that have sure. bright minds. But for me personally, with my, you know, upbringing and everything, I had more challenges to get through because I didn't have like, you know, um, a really good home setting. I went through a lot, uh, you know, my parents were divorced several times, both sides. And so I got kind of kicked to the side and my education was last. So I had to overcome these challenges. Um, but, um, I've had a bright, a bright enough, uh, head on my shoulders and, uh, I love life and I got my life together, you know, uh, you know, my twenties, I didn't spend a lot of time wasting it. I got serious in life. And so, uh, it's like a ship, you know, it, it, it can't turn on a dime. That's how I see my life. I was sent out in one direction. And so I've used my experience of being an entrepreneur, say for the past 20 years, I've taken a lot of notes and I have refined those notes, uh, down to what would be successful. And, um, at this point now, uh, a lot of it's just becoming aware, becoming more and more aware of your surroundings, who you are, self-development is a big part of it. Um, and just blocking out all the noise, you know, per, this is just my personal experience. I've blocked out a lot of the noise. I've done what I, I do, whatever it takes, you know, to make it whatever it takes. And so, uh, a lot of that is just a big key for me was not waiting on a validation for others. Meaning I used to think that I needed to get a confirmation from people. If I was onto the right track, I found out that there's just so much noise out there that no one really knows. And through yeah. my experience, I found out that life is simpler than I, I realized, you know, yep. it's getting simpler and simpler. Uh, it's really just a couple things we do in life and then we repeat them over and over. And so, um, and that to know that most up is noise. Like it's like the wizard of Oz, you know, once you pull the curtain back, you're like, that's it. <laughs> it's like, this is all it is. And so for me personally, I've just been very, I feel like I've been enlightened, uh, with a lot of this type of knowledge um, self-education. Um, and then again, even within self-education, uh, don't overwhelm yourself with all that noise. Yep. Like find, eat the fish, spit out the bones, find what works. Yes. Uh, and don't worry about the rest and just run hard. Uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. And so those were the challenges that I overcome. It, these are just classic entrepreneurial type challenges. I like to inspire people to do the same, you know, because uh, it's like what they said when you're a kid, you know, like to believe, to shoot for the, like Johnny knows uh, his daughter, shoot for the stars. His daughter inspires me a lot, you know, and you have to look for that inspiration in this world. You have to find those people and believe that you can, that anything's possible, anything's yeah. possible. Uh, so that's, that's what I've done, man. I just, I'm a big believer um, in just, you know, fighting hard for what's good and believing in what you do. Um, and and really a big one for me is just being set free from uh, like needing to be validated about things. Like once you see that there's something and that there's a need, like there's a gap or something and you can uh, find out a need for that. Like that's why I got onto Tokomex because I was like, Ooh, you know, finally I found something early enough. Well, okay. I knew there would be challenges of being early to, because being early is not always easy. You know, you guys see There's Shark no rules. Tank. <laughs> yeah. There's no rules. Nothing set out. There's no floor True. plan. You're basically like, writing the rules. Yeah. Like, look, sharks on the Shark Tank, they stay out mm -hmm. of things early because they're like, well, I'll let you do all the hard work. <laughs> and once you get it developed, then I'll come in and help you yeah. scale it. 
you know, so uh, that's what I was willing to do. I was willing to get on the ground and just do the hard work. And I knew it would be. And in fact, one of the very first things I did before I even, um, this is six months into what I call after the research and development of Tokomex. I started in March of 21. And then by October, I was like, you know what? Uh, if I want to take this now to the next level outside of the uh, research, I had to get on Twitter spaces, you know, and I had to see if I can even be a voice, if I can talk to crowds of people. Uh, because if you can't do that, if I can't do that, then I'm just going to pack it up and go home because this is going to, uh, this, what this business requires. It requires talking to people, networking yep. and being willing to throw out yourself there. out on this. Yep. And so I did oh, that, I did that very early, uh, and, and the fall of 2021 started holding spaces and that was a challenge, you know, it was a challenge to go out. I mean, my first time ever, I was sweating. In fact, for days, every time I thought about it, I was like, oh, geez, cause I told everyone I'm gonna do a space. And like, oh, I was so nervous when I first started that space, uh, clicked that button and got on there and I was, I literally was sweating. You guys probably know what I mean when you first go out on the oh, stage yeah. for your first few times, Oh yeah, you know, so. Uh, but man, I will tell you, I do not regret it. That space was the most classic space ever. Uh, it just, it was a game changer. I never looked back. I wasn't even going to talk about the hash legs, actually. I was going to continue developing that without saying much. My plan was to just promote other projects. And that's what I started off doing. But someone pulled that out of me that day. And, uh, I'm glad it happened because wow. Yep. Uh, like, uh, I had some people hop up on there like, bro, that's like next level. Like the yeah. 3D hash selects, you need to do that. And so yeah, the it watches, the watches me. and the Lele doll is really what caught my attention concerning Slim. And yeah. I, I don't remember how I reached out to you. Was it through your, I don't know, was it, was it at the DM your Twitter? I don't remember how I reached out to you, yeah, but somehow um, we, Twitter, between Twitter and Discord, uh, yeah, we I pretty think it much Twitter. jumped on it right away. I mean, once we did start talking, it was, we never looked back. That's no, all I remember. It was, no, it's um, funny. It's funny what he was talking about. Like the the whole, you know, one of our groups said the other day, I would love to see what, you know, if I could just get a glimpse of 2050 and see where this, this tech has developed to. And, and I told him, I was like, you're writing, you, you don't need to see what it looks like in 2050. You're the one making it. And that's what we have to, you know, with the creativity, like the sweating before spaces and all these different things. If you tackle just not being so self-concerned that you don't ever make a choice, you know? I mean, yeah. there was effort. It wasn't just an idea to make a watch. They made a watch, you know? they That first step, and that's one of the things that I've been trying to show them is that we're our limitation. We, there is, you know, if 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 we wanted to create another token uh, music, let's just say, well, if we wanted to make it to where it was like anything that was already out there, well, how would we be expanding what the capabilities of, of what three are? You know, I mean, you need to take chances with stuff and everybody's not going to accept it right off the bat. Right. Yeah. But wait in 10 years and ask who Slim is. Wait in 10 years and ask who Mattia yeah. is or anybody else that's involved in our, in our group. Yeah, there'll be no, yep. there'll be those people that were like the, the guys, they didn't do it like everybody else did. 
because that's mm-hmm. the old way. Why would you waste any time trying to recreate the old way in an amazing, intelligent way of doing things? I like you can literally create a connection with real life and the metaverse today. Yeah. Not in 10 years, not 20 years, not 30 years. We can do that today. You're right. Like literally walk around with an avatar, touch things, and it takes you to a sales page. That is what corporate companies are just like, you know, they'll spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that just to be able to say that they were the first ones to do it. So like Slim had to work through a lot of shit to get stuff to get here. Sorry. Uh, stuff to get here. But I'm glad he did because I never would have met him, you know, and I wouldn't be able to bring some of the things that I'm bringing to somebody. I was going to find somebody that could that could build this stuff. I just got lucky and found the best, you know, and so that's where we're that's where I just I'm not worried if we don't sell out a collection today. No, you shouldn't be. We're not yeah. concerned with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's you like value so is realized over There's time. No competition. Yeah. I see it kind of like Kadera, like HBAR. Value is realized over time. Like right now, yeah. go try to talk to your neighbors about HBAR. They don't see the value yet, but ask them in no. 10 years. Everybody will have it. The value will have been realized at that time. Yep. So we well, as well, believers, we know that. So therefore, uh, that helps us push through the highs and the lows. You know, So yeah. we're here. We see the end game of it all. And uh, it makes it easier You know, once you... You you had that enlightenment. I, I kind of consider enlightenment because a lot of people think we're way out there, like, and we kind of are. You know, maybe we're way out into the future, but it's okay. You know, um, early adopters. You know, there's it's it's a great place to be to be rewarded. I think later on to yeah. to be early adopters. Definitely. And Slim, I just want to say I think you have you know an amazing perspective. And at the end of the day, what I truly believe is just you know perspective is key for all things in life. You know. You can look at something with a totally negative perspective and then, you know, look at that same exact thing with a positive perspective. And 90, 99% of the times, you know, that positive perspective's one, going to save you a lot of stress. It's going to keep you healthy. And it's overall just going to keep your mental health there and intact rather than trying yep. to destroy yourself and really just, you know, overall ruin your morale at the end of the day. And I think, you know, Mm. having a positive perspective, regardless of what it may be towards, having that positive perspective towards, you know, everything is really going to help everybody grow to what they deserve to be. And another point I'd like to mention is just, you know, at the end of the day, I really feel as if majority of things that make us uncomfortable as human beings typically, you know, are there to help us grow. You know, taking yeah, a cold right. shower in the mornings, late at night, right. you know, it's not necessarily meant to be comfortable, but that feeling after that cold shower is everything you would ever imagine it'd be. And, and that same, it goes the same for so much other things in life as well. But I truly believe, you know, the more uncomfortable things you put yourself through that are, you know, realistic and not, I'm not saying, you know, go out and, you know, shoot up drugs or anything because that, that's a terrible thing to do. But, you know, focusing on things that, you know, might be uncomfortable, but after they're uncomfortable, they're going to bring a positive ROI to your life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, you guys do a great, you had very valid points of explaining that. And I just want to also say this has been a great podcast. You, you both are great. 
you know, Slim, you're a great guy, Rich, and a great guy as well. And, and I just want to say also, thank you guys for taking the time to join me here. And if there's anything you guys would like to close off with, now would be the time to do so. And once again, I appreciate you both. No, I appreciate you too, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Yeah, no wonder you look so vibrant. I was going to say you look so vibrant. It must be those cold, fresh showers. <laughs> you're funny. Yeah, the, you got... No, yeah, those are, those are the best. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the All Kings Podcast, and we will see you all next episode. Peace.